For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. So screaming from the sidelines has focused a lot on individual teams lately. This last episode, we talked to Daniel and Rel from Pels and Whistles. Pelicans pretty hot right now, and they're impressive. But another team that was really impressive to start the season is the Portland Trailblazers, and they should be getting their star, Damian Lillard, back today, which is why I wanted to bring in somebody else from the Believe Network who knows a lot about this really exciting team. So this is Steven Vaughn. He is a content producer for 750 The Game in Portland, and he's also the host of the Believe in Blazers podcast. Welcome. Thank you, man. I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, Blazers Blazers are kind of a fun team, which was surprising to me. Not a lot of Portland uh, had a lot of expectations, especially me, but uh, they've come out strong at the start of the year and struggled a little here. But now with Dame coming back, I think we're all feeling pretty good. Yeah, they really have had a tale of two seasons already in this first quarter to a third of the season. It's been pretty wild. Right now, they are the ninth seed in the West at 12 and 11. And that's kind of about where people would have expected them to end the season coming into the year. They thought they were about a play-in caliber team with a chance to make it into the playoff series. But it hasn't really been consistent to start the year. Like, you're starting things off with Damian Lillard looks like himself. Chauncey Billups can coach. They hit on their draft pick, Shaden Sharp. They're getting good wins, started nine and three, one in Phoenix without Dame. And then they lost seven of eight, fell to 11 and 11. Shaden Sharp cooled off a little bit. The defense was a little shaky. We don't really know when Gary Payton II is going to start playing. So all of a sudden things completely turn upside down. They did get a win last night. In Utah, a much-needed one, so they're at 12 and 11. And, yeah, I said the ninth seed, but there's just a two-game separation between seeds 4 and 10 right now. So seeding's not a super big deal. Let's address the obvious, which is it's hard to win in the NBA without your best player. And Dame has only played in 11 games. He's averaging over 26 points per game when he's out there. And on top of what he brings to the team as a prolific basketball talent, He's become the veteran leader who's one of the few pieces to stick around through this rebuild slash transitional phase now that they traded CJ McCollum last year. So, Steven, 16 games in 29 days. It was a tough schedule. November, very challenging month. Dame's coming back today, I believe, against Indiana, and there was reason for optimism. Like, it's hard to quantify things sometimes, but... I guess we'll start with just a little quantity question. If you had to go on a scale of one to 10 with one being the optimism surrounding the Detroit Pistons and 10 being the optimism surrounding the 96 Chicago Bulls, where are you at with the Blazers right now? I mean, I think for me right now, I'm at about a six, six and a half. Um, And I was one of the people in Portland that was really down on the Blazers coming into the year. I had about 10 coming into the season in the Western conference. 
Um, so that start they had at the start of the year was really shocking to me, especially because you talked about it too. Like the schedule was really tough and they started out nine and three first in the Western conference and this city just embraced this team. You know, they're hitting game one in shots. Jeremy Grant hits the shot in Phoenix. They all take a picture and they're all, you know, standing at the post games together. Then like the next night, Josh Hart hits one in Miami and they do the same exact thing. Dame's right out there. He isn't even playing and they're winning these games. And so the optimism went out the roof. Right. Shaden Sharp comes out, plays awesome. He has, you know, he's hit a, you know, kind of a wall a little bit after not playing it at Kentucky. Last uh, seven games, he's shooting 30%, really struggling, but he still puts up these monster dunks that you're like, all right, we get it. Like this guy is very good and has a chance to be really, really good. Um, and now with Dame coming back, you know, 12 and 11, you know, I, like I tried to take this season into quarters basically. And I said at the end of November, they had 22 games. I thought they'd be about six and 16, seven and 15, something like that. So at 11 and 11, I was more optimistic than most of the fans as the fans have then flipped back to saying, okay, this team, you know, same old blazers injuries, all this kind of stuff. So I think it's, it's with the middle here I think for me and for fans, like we want to be very optimistic, but at the same time, all these injuries that have accumulated and the struggle that they had, they lose, like you said, eight or nine games, and it's the way they're doing it. That's the problem right here is defensively, they are not very good again. And that's, you know, it has been a real change. The last um, 11 games, they have given up 110 or more 10 times. Where at the start of the year, it was, I believe it was like four to their first eight, something like that. Like they were actually not, they're playing good defense, which is something they hadn't done. And so it's kind of reverted back to the old Blazers. But I think for me, in a general sense, optimism is high because I don't think they're a championship contender this year. I don't think they're close. But what I do think is, is the addition of Jeremy Grant, the addition of Shaden Sharp, Josh Hart, the way he fits in. Damian Lillard hasn't even played. They're still playing well. Anthony Simons has a big game in Utah last night. He's showing why he's getting $100 million. There are pieces to build with, and I think – you have the commitment with Dame. You got to build around that for the next couple of seasons to hopefully, you know, catch lightning in the bottle and become a championship contender. But it's not this year. But for me, like I'm more excited about this team than I was heading into the year. You know, the reason I called it a rebuild slash transition is because when you still have your star player who's looking like himself, you can't really call it a full rebuild. But the roster is very young. It's very new. Anthony Simons stepping into a larger role. Jeremy Grant coming over from Detroit. A lot of people talk about now he's in his perfect role where he was getting underutilized in Denver and Oklahoma city, then overutilized in Detroit. Now he's in Portland where if everyone's healthy, he's kind of that tertiary offensive option. He's been money for the most part. Uh, listen, I mean, the next four games are the Pacers, the Nuggets, Timberwolves and then the Timberwolves again at home. I'm actually going to be at one of those Timberwolves games. So I'm really excited to take a little trip from NorCal all the way up to Portland. And then after that, you're going to have a six game road trip with the three Texas teams, Spurs, Mavericks, Rockets. Then you get the Thunder twice and the Nuggets. I know everyone likes to play the schedule game. I guess we'll break it down by home and road. What would be a desired number of wins for this home stint? Four games, you got Pacers, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Timberwolves with an injured Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're looking at if you're going if you're going betting lines, which I love, I would say two and a half, but it's juiced to the under. Um, 
I would say two is the most likely number in this situation. If you get three, I think that would be awesome. But a two and two split looks looks about right. Um, they already did beat Denver this season at home. Uh, they won by 25. So that is a winnable game. But I do think Denver is still a better team than Portland. And, you know, you talked about Minnesota, Carl and Towns being hurt. Are they even better with Carl and Towns out? I, he, they might be. Like, they might play better that way with still unknown. I like Cat, but, um, you know, there's been talk about that. So I think two and two is very likely in this situation. If they get three, that would be a really good homestand because Dave's still coming back. Uh, from that calf injury, which is the second time he's hurt it this season. So I'm really interested to see how Dame comes back tonight. I'm going to be at the game tonight against the Pacers. I'm excited to see how Dame looks because the way he was doing it this year, it's all about explosiveness. Like that's how he always scores to all his points. It's those step back threes that we're so used to, but it's not necessarily a bunch of skill. It's explosion that he has to create space. And so you need your calf in that situation He'd been struggling a little bit this year. Uh, the, shooting, the shooting numbers are down a little bit, you know, 33% from three, 42 overall. That's not Dame numbers. So I would, I want to see Dame come back healthy, but I do think uh, two and two is very likely three and one would be a great uh, little homestand here. You know, you mentioned Denver and Portland <laughs> having success against them once already this year, Portland, Denver, uh, they can put the same label on them so far. And I'd honestly throw two other teams in the West into this category, which is Golden State and the Sacramento Kings, which are all teams that highly capable of scoring. You don't really see a lot of issues on the offensive end. You see potential for explosiveness, but the defense has been a little shaky to start the year, and that's something that probably needs to be cleaned up over the long haul. I know that Denver and Golden State are more thought of as championship contenders, whereas Portland and Sacramento more looking to get into a playoff spot. But Denver is going to be a really good test because I don't know how long they are going to play at this rate and still find success and have the two-time MVP cover up a lot of their errors just because he's so dominant on the offensive end. I also discussed at the beginning of last show, could the Timberwolves be better without Carl Anthony Towns? You're thinking it. A lot of people are thinking it because this is a team that's been rather underwhelming to start the year they traded about 74 draft picks to get Rudy Gobert and seemed to really invest in the present not worrying about the future and Anthony Edwards has been a little inconsistent we don't really know if he likes playing in big lineups now with Carl Anthony Towns down it's a chance for uh, Chris Finch and the staff to tweak with some lineups a little bit but uh, and of course, you mentioned the betting. This is a betting show. So uh, Portland, by the way, best team against the spread on the road, 10 and four. They have been a very pleasant surprise and heavily undervalued without Damian Lillard. So you mentioned what you're hoping to see in this homestand. Let's talk about the road schedule, because being on the road is always a harder task when you're playing professional sports. But if you look at this schedule, Pretty doable on paper, right? The Mavericks are really good at home. So that's going to be a tough one with the way that Luca plays in front of that home crowd. But you get the Spurs and the Rockets who are at the bottom of the West. Then you get the Thunder who I would say are fun, but not necessarily good. You get them two times and then you get Denver again, depending on how this upcoming game goes. It's going to be interesting to see who's seeking revenge there. So that's six games you got to look forward to. What are you hoping out of that six game stint? Well, you know, I talked about this at the start, like the November schedule 
and the October schedule was incredibly tough. Earlier in the year, the Blazers had a six-game stretch. It was Phoenix back-to-back, Miami, Charlotte, New Orleans, Dallas. And they went uh, four and two in that six-game stretch, which was crazy. Like, nobody expected that. And that was right at the peak when everyone was buying in now. Now you look at this six-game stretch, and you touched on it. A lot of the bottom teams, like, this Blazer team has played really well when no one expects them to play well this year. And so I think now that they're kind of down a little bit, I was on them last night against Utah. I think I'm going to be on them again today against Indiana. And I've been against them most of the year. Like I, I'm coming across as pretty positive right now, Greg, but like I was actually probably the most negative person on this team. I thought this team wasn't very good. I didn't like the fit of anybody. And it's been a nice surprise for me, but I do think that that six game stretch is going to be important. Like, For the Blazers to prove that they are a playoff team. And I think right now the realistic expectations, renewed expectations are at least get to the playoffs, right? Like for me, it was playing. That's kind of the expectations. Now it's to actually get in that eight seed field. You got to go four and two in that road stretch, that six game stretch against the Spurs, Mavericks, Rockets, Thunder twice in the Nuggets. I mean, you can maybe split against the Mavericks and the Nuggets, lose both of them, but win the other four. Like, I think that is realistic. I think it's doable. Um, and I think Vegas has caught up a little bit to the surprise and the value, like you said, of the Portland Trailblazers. They've been great against the spread. I believe in the first 20 games, they were favored in maybe five of them, six of them. And their record was like, you know, 11 and nine overall on the money line. So like they've been outperforming expectations all year. I think it's kind of caught up a little bit the last few games and it's going to continue. But I do think, like I said, you know, two and two home stretch, a four and two road stretch. I think that's going to be a good start for the Trailblazers in the month of December uh, to kind of put them in a position in the Western Conference where they can say, okay, we're really competing for that top six to get that six seed and get in the actual playoffs. It's so fascinating to look at betting and when and if Vegas catches on to certain teams because I've done it with a whole NFL season and watching that in a trajectory. This is the first time I'm looking at betting in the NBA for a whole season. So it's a lot of it is brand new and Portland. You mentioned they're finally catching on a little bit, took a while Cleveland. I think they caught on really quick because when you have the star power of Donovan Mitchell, it's going to generate noise and Cleveland went from by far the best against the spread to now just kind of in the mix among those top teams. Sacramento has been really slow to catch on, which Maybe it's just denial that the Kings actually might be good-ish. I think that's the thing. It's the Kings. I mean, are they good? I mean, we've seen so many times they aren't, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. In fact, one of the reasons that made me believe in the Kings a little bit is because Portland in that opening game, they came into the golden one and a great run by the Blazers in that last four minutes to close it out. But for the most part, both teams were really competitive with each other. And then as you start watching the coming weeks, both teams were overperforming a little bit. So I'm thinking, hey, maybe like, I know it's just one game, but maybe it's a good sign for both of these teams, the fact that they were playing hard. So you talked about four and two on the road in a really tough schedule when they didn't have Dame. Now it's a much easier schedule on paper and they should be getting Lillard back. Uh, I don't know if they have any back-to-backs in that stretch, possibly against the Thunder. So maybe Dame might not play all six of those games, but just another thing to keep an they, eye on. They have they have one back to back. It's uh, the Dallas Houston game. Is game two and three in the stretch. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and as, I assume if Houston is the back end, they uh, might be a decent opportunity to sit Dame. 
yeah, I think one of them, uh, I think it's pretty safe to say they will not see Damian Lillard. Right. Okay. So we talk about Jeremy Grant. Is this his perfect role? I want to discuss Anthony Simons a little bit with you, though, because you've been positive on the show. I think it's fair to be negative coming into the season because we didn't really know a lot. Is Damian Lillard going to be himself? What is Chauncey Billups even as a coach? Like, we didn't really get to see that on display last year because they were sort of trying to tank in the first place. A lot of pleasant surprises. But Anthony Simons, I found just by reading over the past week or so, has been a little bit of a polarizing figure in Portland. We obviously know he puts up numbers. He is very talented on the offensive end. But some are getting a little critical of him just shooting the ball at a crazy high volume and playing for numbers without necessarily helping the team. What are your thoughts on Simons? Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Uh, I like Anthony Simons. I was a little questionable on the $100 million deal because he had played basically 30 real games of NBA basketball. Like as a starter, he started like 30 games. And then you're going to say, okay, here's $100 million. Like you are the number two of this franchise. That's pretty early to do that. And like you said, last season was such a fake season. Like it was well known the Blazers were tanking the entire time. And as soon as Avery Simons blows up, they sit him out. So you really hadn't seen him in big time situations. Like he was a role player on the team that played the Nuggets in the playoffs, but he wasn't a big factor. So I was questionable. Now I will say this about him. People I think are expecting him to be the next Damian Lillard. That's not going to happen. And when the Blazers had CJ McCollum, it was, when they were both young, it was the decision of who are we going to build around Dame or CJ Dame or CJ. Who's the best out of those two at a time that was CJ McCollum. Most people were on CJ McCollum's bandwagon. Then Dame elevated, took that step and it was pretty obvious, but they kept both. And that was the problem. I think people are doing that again right now with Anthony Simons. They're seeing his numbers. They're watching him play and he doesn't necessarily make his teammates better. He gets okay assists, but he still has a hard time reading plays when he's coming off the pick and roll to feed other players and get them in good spots to score. So I think he's more of a CJ McCollum type player, but he has the athleticism that CJ McCollum doesn't have. And so that's the potential. He's going to be able to score 23, 24, 25 a night. And I think that's pretty easy. He's, he's doing that right now, but the next step for him is he's got to be able to get his teammates involved and make them better. He does not do that. He also is a poor defender. And that has been well-known and well-documented as well. The Blazers, two small guards in the backcourt. Once again, Damon CJ, now Damon Ant, all bad defenders. And that's going to be a problem when you try to get better too. So yes, Anthony Simons is having a good season and I am positive about the Blazers, but like he's still one of the guys I need to see another step. And I don't know if there's that step in his game because he right now has a very tunnel vision of, I'm going to get buckets because I am more athletic and I'm skilled. I'm going to show off my skills, but this doesn't necessarily translate to winning basketball. He reminds me a lot, actually, of what Jordan Poole was two seasons ago. Not G League Jordan Poole, but not last year Jordan Poole being a valuable piece on a championship team. Very talented offensive player, had tunnel vision to get buckets, could be an absolute liability on defense, and you just didn't really know what to expect, but I like that insight on Anthony Simons because I think more casual fans or people who just follow the league in a big picture, but don't narrow in on a team as much are going to spend a lot of time looking at short snippets, highlight plays, 
articles. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not critical of anybody doing that. In fact, that's a lot of what I do, just sort of monitoring the league as a whole. Love getting to hear it from people who narrow in so much closer to a team. And that's what we get to have today. So, well, it's cool that you mentioned the Jordan Poole comparison because that's a big one on Blazer Twitter. Like, people always just randomly put out, remember, people thought Jordan Poole is better than Anthony Simons. Like, those are just like tweets Blazer fans put out because they just, they hate it. Like, they hate all, they think everyone's against the Blazers, which is kind of true. Like, we're up here in the Northwest, we're just this little team. Nobody cares about us. But like Jordan Poole is the one guy that's like Blazer fans take it very seriously and say, no, Anthony Simons is much better than Jordan Poole. Like that is a real thing up here in Portland. So it's funny that you mentioned him uh, when you compared Anthony Simons to him. Oh man. I wonder if that's going to create any turmoil in the crowd when the (laughs) dubs come up to the PNW. That's that'll be fun. Could be man. It could be. So I don't really know. I was thinking about this and I'm like, I'm going to ask this question because I actually have no idea what the answer is going to be. Is it too early to start looking at the trade deadline for the Blazers? And is that something you would look at at all? Uh, To sell or to buy? To buy. To buy? I'm looking at it right now. This team, because, okay, this team has made it really clear that they want to make the playoffs, right? Like, I think it's going to take a lot for them to say, we're tanking, we're going to have a bad year. No, I think this is very clear they're going for the playoffs. And this team, right, the depth, they have no depth on this team whatsoever. With GP2 out, we have no idea. We haven't heard anything about it. We didn't even know he had the surgery till a month or two after he had the surgery. Like, it wasn't announced. Nobody announced it. We were surprised when we heard the news. And then it was, oh, he'll be ready for training camp. Okay, two weeks reevaluated, two weeks reevaluated, two weeks reevaluated. Like, that's the news of GP2. We have no idea. Um, on our station, 750 The Game, we had one of the – one of the guys, Sean Hyken, uh, Rose Garden Report. He's really good, really good reporter that he does that. He said he hopes that GP2 comes back within the next week. And if he doesn't, there's a lot of concern that we have no idea when he's going to come back. And so for Portland right now, you look at the bench last night against the Jazz. Greg Brown the third was playing. I mean, he is not a very good basketball player for, uh, you know, I'm trying to be nice about it. Like, he's just not very good. Um, and one cool had- dunk, though. He had a cool dunk that made the Nuggets really mad, which I was kind of on the Nuggets side, I believe. Uh, you shouldn't be doing between the legs dunks at the end of the game, but that's a different question. That's a different, whole different story. Um, Shane Sharp, who I mentioned, has been struggling, has Talbot struggled, rookie, and then Jabari Walker, rookie out of Colorado, who we all like here in Portland, but again, rookie player. Those are the three guys that played off the bench. This team has no depth. This team has no, t- no guy off the bench that can come in and you know, make a play for somebody else or even themselves. Like Shane Sharp's not quite at that level. You can't consistently count on it. So I'm definitely looking at a piece like you can bring off the bench or even go into the starting unit. And then you could bring a Josh Hart off the bench who has shown the ability at some points in his career with Portland to be able to create for himself. But this team definitely needs another ball handler that can create their own shot and create some plays. So no, I think, I think you're right on. Like I'm looking at it right now because if the Blazers are, really going to go for the playoffs, which I believe they are. I have no reason to believe they're not. They need to add at least one piece to this team and preferably another piece is another backup big. Like there's a couple pieces that are missing in this team, but um, they need, there's, they need a couple for sure. Yeah. And thank you for clarifying the buy versus sell. I think if they were (laughs) playing this well at the start of the season and looking to sell, that would just be infuriating to all fans. So 
yeah, I mean, I again, it's a team that I think they're really fun. I think Damian Lillard is a proven superstar who elevates in the craziest of moments. So getting a little bit more support and depth would be the big glaring red flag on this team right now. But it's possible that they could do it. And that's going to lead me to another question, which is like, of course, the goal is always to win a championship. But realistically, how well would the Blazers need to finish this season for you to consider it a success and feeling optimistic toward October 2023? Uh, I mean, I think realistic success for me is to actually make the eight seeds, one of the eight seeds in the playoffs. And I know it's low expectations, but I had low expectations coming in. I didn't think they would make it. I thought they were the 10th best team in the Western Conference. So if they actually make the, the round of uh, or the, eight, the final eight teams in the Western Conference, I do think that's a positive season. Now, I think for me, like building forward, it's not necessarily about where they finish. It's just how they look, right? And when you talked about Chauncey Billups, we had no idea if he could coach. It was a fake season a season ago. The first 10, uh, 15 games, he looked awesome as a coach. We were all excited. The last 10 or so games, there have been some questionable decisions out of Chauncey Billups. He hasn't adjusted very much. It's still the same type of system that they're running at the start of the year to right now. And teams have adjusted to their zone defense a lot. So we need to see a lot out of Chauncey Billups. I think it's more just growth on the court. I don't care if they're the eight seed. I don't care if they're the four seed. I don't think it's going to change my mind for next season. But what I do want to see is I want to see how Ant and Dame play together, how they gel with one another. I want to see if Shane Sharp can take that next step um, to becoming a superstar player next season. I want to see if Nurk can become consistent. Hopefully they can get rid of him and get someone else in there because I just don't like Nusuf Nurkic on the team. But like, can they improve, I think, individually? And then can Chauncey Billups make some improvements as a coach to put them in the right spots? I just need to see things. I, I don't really, it doesn't really matter. The Blazers are not a championship contender this season. Like, I don't, I know that and it's not even a big deal. So I'm not even worried about how the season ends. For me, it's all about just individual improvement. And then in the next offseason, build around that, bring some new guys in, and uh, hopefully mesh it that way. So let me ask you one follow-up, because that was a fantastic answer. If they got in as one of the eight seeds and then got swept pretty convincingly, would that change your mind, or would you just be grateful for those young guys to get playoff experience? I mean, I honestly, I don't really care if they make the playoffs or not, but I do think that in the general fans' minds, we would not be very happy. If it was a, in the playoffs as the eight or seven seed and you're swept in four games, it just seems like this is the same old Blazers. And that's the one thing we worry about is, again, because it's the same It's the same type of for, format they had when they were building earlier. It was Damon CJ, two small guards. Now it's Damon Ant, two small guards that don't play defense. Like this is this could be the same exact problem that the Blazers have had for so many years. And so if they go in the playoffs and say they play, you know, a Denver in the first round, or Phoenix in the first round, they get swept in four games. Like we're just going to be sitting here like, okay, it's the same old thing. Like Dame needs more help and the Blazers don't play defense. So no, I think you're right. Like if they get swept, I might be a little more negative towards the next season, but at the same time, like I'm not expecting them to make some type of playoff run and even get to the second round. So I would expect them to lose in the first round. And uh, that's about it, man. That's a good answer. And you know, I'm going to keep that answer in my back pocket because if something does happen i'm gonna have to have you right back on and be like all right 
what's the moment of truth? How are we feeling? But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's really all I got to talk about Portland, but I feel so much more educated now and grateful for that. So thank you. Uh, gosh, I got to look at the spread today. I don't even know what it is against Indiana and then make it's, my uh, judgment. Blazers lay in three. Oh, <coughs> ah, total, at, total, at, total at 232. High total. Okay, I got to say this. My betting picks have started really bad this season, have gotten it a little above 500. I'm feeling happy. Over-unders, I don't know what exactly they do in Vegas. They always find a way to make it come down to, like, a couple of free throws, one garbage time three. I had the over last night in the Utah game. It was 228, ends at 227. It's it's unbelievable. Blazers And the Blazers Jazz, they combined for 45 points only in the fourth quarter. Like, I thought I had it easy. And then they scored 45 in the fourth, and I lose by a point. It's it's crazy. You know, at one point I shared on the show, I was my favorite stat, which was 202 games had been played and the over hit 101 times and the under hit 101 times, just really validating all my pain with over-unders, I need to go back and check what it is now to see if there's any disparity because it is ridiculous. But for Blazers at three, gosh, I mean, I got a Blazers guest and Dame's coming back. Of course, I'm going to take Blazers three. That's easy. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I'm negative, but I think the Blazers are going to win tonight too. Like, I'm going to lay the three as well. I want to get your point of view on the Blazers though. Can I ask you a question? Like, what is your your general view view of the Portland Trailblazers this season because I think in Portland you know we are the Rose City we get rose rose colored glasses a lot of times with this Portland Trailblazers it's the only professional team uh you know out of the big four that are in Portland so we really fall in love with these guys especially all these backups that we love like we'll never trade these role players like how is Portland viewed to you uh just in general and like other people around the country you think I've always been a huge fan of Damian Lillard, even before he became a superstar, just as an Oakland kid. Uh, Just the way he really overachieved, came out of Weaver State and was amazing. So I've always really been a fan of Portland and rooted for them. My view on them this season is, especially in the context of betting, love, love trap spots for them where people think it's an easy spot where they're just going to lay an egg. It's like my favorite thing. Great cash. Uh, But for the team as a whole in real life and not in the world of making money and bets, I like them. I would say I am concerned about the depth and defense and playing with small guards. And I hope that I can be proven wrong. I was really pleasantly surprised at the way they were playing without Damian Lillard and getting off to that nine and three start or 10 and four. I think both. But yeah, I would say that the lack of size and depth is a little bit concerning to me. and. I'm curious to see if when they play Denver two times in the next 10 games or something, if they're going to get pushed around by a guy that has just been a dominant force in the post. No, I, I think all those, uh, all those are fair. Like, I think I, I have all those questions as well. Um, I try not to have rose colored glasses. I think I'm a little, uh, I'm a little spurned. I used to work for the Blazers, got laid off from them. So I, I can't like be a full invested fan again, like with my heart, but uh no, I mean, I love the Blazers and, you know, I hope they do well. I think you're right, though, betting wise. Uh, I would be interested to see what their numbers start looking like on the road because I think Vegas has caught up to them a little bit. Um, and that uh, spread, uh, the spread record might come down a little bit. Yeah, it certainly might. And that's a good little transition into letting you all know, as our audience, if you want 
to get my little bets. I'm releasing episodes once a week, so you're not getting a lot of basketball games, right? I try to do it ahead of Wednesdays because that's a big NBA day. But there's also Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And a lot of times I'll throw together four or five little bets in a Twitter thread where you could find it. You could find me at Greg O. Silver. That's G-R-E-G-O-H-S-I-L-V-E-R. In fact, by the time this video is up, it's probably going to be right below my face. And yeah, just continue to like, share, subscribe. Big thank you to our guest, Stephen Vaughn from 750 The Game and the Believe in Blazers podcast. And of course, of course, I'm going to plug Believe in Blazers. I've listened to a few episodes so far. Him and Tori Jones do a fantastic job with that. So, Stephen, thank you and keep doing your thing. Yeah, thanks, Greg, man. We'll uh, we'll try to get you back on uh, on our podcast, let you throw some uh, gambling picks our way. So we would love that. No, that'd be great. I know that gambling, it can be real hit or miss with a lot of people in their podcast. But uh, anyone who likes to have me on, I'm going to try to pretend to sound smart and we're going to get it done. I love that, man. I love gambling. So I, I could talk about it all day. So I will bring you on. I don't know if Tori wants you, but I'll get you. Okay, good. You know, I think you have the tiebreaker over Tori, though. Yeah, yeah. I got, I'm older than him. You know, I worked for the team. I, I got the tiebreaker. Easy. Well, the last note before I let this intro music start, or outro music, gosh, start just getting in. Uh, I've caved into Gen Z, and I'm now posting little teaser clips on TikTok. You can search it at Screaming from the Sidelines, and I'm sure you're going to see my face and Steven's face there very soon. So you got to do what you got to do in this world. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for all your support, and go Blazers. Go gambling, go get some money, keep screaming. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.